the Endurance Asia podcast. Yo, pick your red up because things ain't that bad. Maybe you should switch the target that you're aiming at. Believe perfection is a beast that they'll never catch. So never waste another day because life moves so fast. And a dream without pursuing, yo, they never last. Another shadow of regret I try to never cast. And always tell a truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hello and welcome to the 51st episode of the Endurance Asia podcast. I'm your host, Scott Pugh, and this week we've got a mate of mine, Roman Glow, who is a is a French national, has been in Singapore for many years, has very recently just emigrated to New Zealand with his Kiwi wife and uh, and kids. Uh, and we've been running together in, in Singapore for a, a few years now. We met originally at the Rinjani race, which we, which we get to talk about. Uh, we also get to talk about because uh, Roman recently ran it in the 2022 edition. And he shares his experience from there and, uh, and a, a, phenomenal, uh, a phenomenal effort it was too. Um, but yeah, Roman's got a, a great background of uh, originally sort of like triathlon endurance sports and he has really he's been quite an inspiration to me Uh, primarily just his level of consistency as a runner he has in the past three years run every single day and it's been pretty inspiring to to witness his kind of transformation um, and his dedication to to the sport. And I really think can be an inspiration to to you all as well. Um, you know, not not a pro athlete as many of the people we have on the podcast aren't. Is a uh, effectively a weekend warrior, but he's not. He's an everyday warrior. He is the uh probably the most dedicated uh runner that i have uh, that i've met and he's topped he's uh um knocked off pretty much like most of the top ultra runs around the world and we get to uh we get to talk through a, a, a lot of those uh, and it was really great to to catch up with him before he departed the little red dot of singapore he'll be back up quite often i mean now based in new zealand he's uh he's still sort of doing uh covering the region from new zealand in his uh in his professional job uh working for accenture and uh and so yeah we'll we'll see him at a a start line across asia very soon but was very good to catch up with him before he uh before he left uh and so for those uh for those runners in singapore and those endurance athletes in singapore i'm sure you've heard of roman i'm sure you've seen him out on the trail slogging away um and uh and yeah i hope you enjoy this chat uh, with my mate uh roman grillo tell the truthful story if they ever ask stop the complaining because things ain't that bad roman how are we doing good evening to you Good evening, Scott. I'm doing great. Yeah, Thank we're, you for me. we're just sitting here on the uh, on the broad walk over to Sentosa. Um, we've had a bit of a leaving do for you. It's your it's your last uh, last day in Singapore. You literally fly in uh, in. Uh, <laughs> And two hours forty five minutes. So um, uh, we've we've uh, you've had a little race with Jean Henri, who's yeah. also is leaving. Do what? What have you guys been doing this evening? Because I joined late. We uh, we had a vertical BMR, which is like a, an adaptation of the standard BMR, BMR with one point six k, where you drink a beer every four hundred meters, 
and we did it at the Mount Faber on Marang Trail where we were going up 200 meters up, 200 meters down, one beer down and up we go four times. And, and it was a lot of fun actually. I don't actually know, I think Jean Henri won, didn't he? You went, all went off at the same time, right? How many people yeah. ran it? There was like... uh, it was probably about 10, 15 people that ran it and there were also some random people that walked by and like, what are you doing? And they just did a few laps with us. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, uh, who, who won in the end? What was so, the, was the so Jean, Jean, Jean finished first, I uh, was uh, second behind him. And then we had, I think, uh, Alex was third. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did Vanya run? I saw she was there this evening. At, but at the end, yes, she did a little bit. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah very yeah. good. Well, yeah. um, I mean, it's an absolute pleasure to, like, I wanted to record with you before you left because you've yeah. been, uh, there's so many things that inspire me about you. Obviously, we've run quite a bit. Yes. We, um, we originally met running Rinjani four years, I think it was 2018, That's right? correct. Um, when, uh, yeah, so, like, I was running the 60 kilometers and, uh, and took a wrong turning and I caught up with you and I remember just saying, oh, um, are, we run are you running the 100 or the 60? And you were like, this is the 100K course. And I realized that I'd gone 5K up a hill. But I'm like, as pissed off as I was at the time, I'm so glad I did that because I got to meet you yes. and like, we've been good friends, uh, good friends ever indeed, since. But, um, but yeah, you've just got back from the revisiting Rinjani yes. after what that year was a pretty um, yes. a pretty tough race right yes so when you actually uh, when we actually met I was uh, I think in the pretty deep in the in the pain cave at that point I was very dehydrated I just stopped 45 minutes at the previous checkpoint even though I had a fabulous first part of the race but then I this was like 50 kilometers in right yeah about 50 kilometers in yeah or 55 when I got to you yeah, yeah, say, yeah. yeah 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 and then I was like just calling my wife uh when I just hang up when actually when you came and I was saying I don't think I'm gonna continue and she was trying to help me to re-motivate me to continue so I ended up doing a few k's after that but I ended up in the medical van for two hours with a saline solution going into me and um that wasn't a pleasant experience it was so cold and I managed to get up and do 5k but um, then I was still shaking and I wasn't walking straight so it was too dangerous and I decided to pull it off. But it left an unfinished business and um, I didn't like having an unfinished business so that's why I came back this year. Yeah. yeah, I mean I remember talking to you after it and it was like a pretty tough tough DNF for you. There's, there's a lot of it's, it's a really difficult race and it's yeah. obviously extremely extremely hot apologies for the kids screaming in the background but um yeah I, and uh, let's take it back roman like yeah. um obviously you've um i think you you like tell us about your sort of genesis how you got started into endurance sport because yeah. um yeah what where did it uh where did it begin I, I don't think I was meant to do endurance sports first. I, mean, I played a lot of tennis and football when I was a kid um, and growing up until 25. I played tennis competitively, competitively in tournaments. I was uh, coaching uh, kids and so on with tennis. Is that right? I didn't uh, know that actually. Yeah. And, um, and I, I had a friend who was doing marathon and I remember going and seeing him in the Melbourne marathon and I was in the stand at the finish line and he finished his marathon so excited and I was um, I was like I'm never going to do a marathon I can't do a marathon my ankles are not good from playing soccer uh, I can't run more than 5k and and after that with the same friend we started to do um, something different on the weekend and we decided to do a swimming competition so we were doing open water swimming like a k 1.5 k up to like three or four k and uh, one day actually one of the swim got cancelled and um, we, um, we we found another race which was actually a triathlon but I didn't have a bike and I wasn't running at the time and the race was a week later 
So it was a way for us to do the swim. That's what we wanted to do, just the swim. Right. But you also had to do the bike and the run. And um, so I picked up my, uh, my future wife's uh, bike. And uh, that was not a bike that I'd even tested a few times. And um, we ended up doing a race, essentially, with my friend for who wasn't going to finish last. Because it was actually the Australian Victorian Championship where everyone was kitted with all the helmet, the proper bike. And we had two mountain bikes, old mountain bikes at the, in, the, in the bike rack. Um, and from there, we kind of get hooked up to, to this. So I ended up beating my friend on this race. It was super competitive, but it was at the back of the field. And um, we ended up doing uh, another race. It was Olympic distance or standard distance. And then it, within a year, we went to doing a half Ironman and we signed up for our first Ironman the year, pretty much a year exactly after this first triathlon. Uh, and then from there, I got to do a second Ironman and uh, run actually my first Which Ironman did you? Was it Perth? So, um, no, we did a, a Port Macquarie in Australia okay. and then did Ironman New Zealand in Topo. And, and uh, yeah. But um, these were this way I think where endurance started. I did my first marathon during the the Ironman. Do you know how many people I've heard do that? It's like the yeah. first marathon they run is actually during an Ironman race. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, what what was your what was your best time in Taupo? Or because Taupo is a little bit hilly, right? It's got a few. A, a little bit, a little bit on the run. I think Port Macquarie was actually more hilly. It was hillier than uh, than Taupo. Yeah. Yeah. So the first uh, first year when I did the. So after my first year of triathlon, I did 12 hours at the Ironman and then I came back and did 10.59 the Topo one. So I was very happy with that, with a full rainy day. It rained the entire day uh, from the beginning of the swim to the end of the run. And um, that added to the, I guess, to the complexity, but also to the adventure uh, of, of this. And I, I'll, I'll probably want to do another Ironman at some point, but I haven't had the chance to find the, the time, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've taken up given that you were saying oh there's no way i'd ever be able to run yeah. and you're swimming and like yeah. out of the three disciplines running is end up yeah. being being your passion right how, yes. how do you uh, yeah why do you think that is well i think there's a little bit of uh, accessibility to it i mean when um when my uh, first kid my daughter was born um i decided i couldn't do all of the disciplines of triathlon and i was going to pick one um, the bike was taking a very a lot of time for, to train and yeah. um, there was not necessarily a swimming pool available at the time where I was living so um, it kind of def defaulted on the, on the run but um, I also chose it because that was probably the out of the three the one I found the me the best and uh, probably the most potential to continue running yeah? yeah but it was not an intent to go and run long it was more about how do I run faster at the time yeah. yeah 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 and so you you actually got into kind of like more marathon like road marathons at that point right? yeah yeah and um and then what happened is then uh, a year after that moved to singapore and i wanted to run as fast as it was i was running in australia when i got moved to singapore and it took me six months to realize that i had to slow down yeah. and um it was kind of disheartening like i couldn't run fast and i was like what am i gonna do in singapore if i can't run fast and i was like almost gave up running after six months is that right and you say like you couldn't run as fast just because of the heat yes yeah i mean i do sweat a lot and yeah. the heat does affect me a lot so i i couldn't run at the pace that i would run like uh, yeah. in in melbourne for example yeah yeah and i almost g gave up running but then i i signed up for the uh, north face 50k run in singapore yeah uh, it can give me a little bit of a, a goal and yeah. uh, I train. What I like year it. was that? It was 2013. 2013. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 
And I had a run in, I was working in Qatar at the time, like uh, for two or three months. And I realized that it was much hotter over there in the summer yeah. and I could actually could run. So I came back to Singapore, did that race. And they I don't have the humidity there yeah. in Qatar though, yeah. right? That's what like gets yes. you in Singapore. Yeah. It's true, it's true. And during that race, I decided that I was just going to take it easy. It was yeah. just for me to enjoy it. It was not about racing fast. And I actually had this radio on during the whole race where they were talking about food recipe and a few other things and I was like kind of taking my mind away from the pain and the running and so on and I enjoy I ended up really enjoying that long run because I wasn't thinking about pace or competition it was just about enjoying the trails yeah. and so on and, and from there I said maybe I should do longer stuff that's yeah. at that point yeah yeah it's interesting a lot of people do think that make the mistake of thinking running is just about going out as fast as you can yeah. and they never go as like that tempo run but they'll go in that kind of gray area where yeah. you're you know kind of 150 160 bpm yeah. or whatever and um, yeah, yeah. and then you know it's kind of what they could talk about it like junk miles like yeah. It's yes. so important to go slower to eventually go, yeah. go faster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what was the, what, so that was the first proper trail race you did then? Was the, I did a the trail race, race in, um, in Australia just before I left in Melbourne. Okay. There was surf course century. We did a team of four and I did the back half of the course, yeah. which was stunning, running on the beach and so on. And I learned um, the hard way of going too fast into a race. I ran it as if it was like a... A, a marathon yeah. and it was actually you had a backpack and you had hills and there was sand and and I paid it at the end um, so yeah that was yeah. A, a learning learning phase one for yeah. my and then the North Face 50 was your first one one in Asia Correct. and uh, yeah. and like it sounds like soon after that you you got pretty um pretty hooked um, yes and You've um, yeah. So how did it progress? How did it progress from there? So, so then I decided because um, you're from France originally, yes, right? You're, you're like a, whereabouts in France are you from? From the from the south, from near Nice, between in Antibes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because um, and uh, yeah. So was it because you've run quite a few races in in Europe as well? But yeah. was it like a yeah. Once you sort of like living in Singapore from from Qatar, yeah. then did you start like yeah. booking up a few? Local well, races? yeah. I mean, an interesting part is that I never ran and I never cycled when I was in France and I had like all these mountains nearby now when I go back I was like I was stupid I could have taken advantage of this fantastic landscape yeah and your brother lives in the mountains yeah, now yeah, as well yeah, doesn't yeah, he yeah and he yeah he takes me he writes routes for me when I go there I mean he knows the whole area and I found it like amazing there's so many places that were just outside of my front door and I never really get to use them right so I mean you're moving to New Zealand now yes. and we'll talk about that a bit later yeah. in, the, in yes. the chat but yeah. like you've yeah you're gonna yeah. you're gonna be yeah. to another yeah. beautiful place to run yeah. the trails yeah. but um, yeah. Yeah. but yeah so how did it progress in Asia yeah I mean I did, from there I mean I said I'm gonna try to do the longer stuff I'd done 250k I thought I need to try 100k and I signed up for uh, 100k in Thailand the uh, North Face Thailand at yeah. the time and I was again like a uh, first race I I didn't really know the big step that 50 to 100 was and I had like a very small backpack that had been given that was like kind of you know this small decathlon bag it pretty much that was it and I had put like a few bottles of water in it I had some in my hands and um, I went and did the 100k which was two laps of 50k one in during the night and then the second was during the day and it was it was tough and I ended up training a lot for that by myself made my own program of like running 50 60k running my at the time 
Um, and I ended up doing quite well. I really enjoyed that race because it became competitive. At the end, someone told me that I was like seventh. I was like, I had no clue what I was running at the time. I was just running by myself pretty much the entire time. But people had been dropping yeah. at the front and um, I ended up being seventh. So suddenly I kind of had like something, I'm going to tr- go and try to uh, to get a better placing. I ended up being seventh, but it was uh, running a little bit competitively towards the end of my first 100k I was like if I can't do that for the first 100k maybe I should do other races and back of my mind was like please never sign up for 100 miles it's so painful when I finish the 100k but I think your brain is good at erasing these memories yeah 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 no they say that it's like um during it you're like never again yeah. and it, you wake up the next morning yeah. and you're straight online looking at what yes. the racing calendar is yes. are going to be around the region so uh, about that if uh, the power law when you helped me crew me in the power law that we did back in december yeah. i actually stopped and took a video of myself to say please never sign up for these races ever again so that i had a trace of it so that my brain couldn't erase it and sometimes I'll, I'll watch it and it's quite a funny video <laughs> that's very cool um and so yeah the, the, that 100k in um, in uh, uh, in Thailand yeah. then so what yeah and what year was, so this was in like 2014 or so 14 so, yeah yeah so 2014 yeah. yeah yeah yes um and yeah how did it sort of um yeah what what were the sort of like next uh, so then after that I, uh, I discovered this uh, race in Indonesia Rinjani that was uh, I think the second edition or maybe the first edition of the race it was a 50k with 5400 meters elevation again where you were basically starting at the bottom of the volcano going all the way up down on the other side back up and then to the to the to the start and the summit of Rinjani and and for those that don't know it's in yeah. uh, in Lombok which is the island like just off Bali I mean um, yeah most most people know but it, it's arguably the the toughest that the the race director he's got a couple of races as well isn't he I forget yes. his name Hendra Hendra, Hendra. um who also he did the um, he's done some crazy stuff yes. himself, but um, uh, he's a bit of a masochist and he like uh, he's he put some like yes. tough routes out there. But yeah. but yeah, it goes the the summit of Rinjani is like three three seven is three it? Three seven, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. Yes. Uh, and so the first year was just a 50 k. Correct. Yes. And uh, and did you uh, did you finish it that year? Yeah. So we were a group of three um, where we basically ended up running together most of the time. Yeah. And um, yeah, we ended up finishing eight, nine, and ten. Uh, that year but um, it was such an experience I vividly remember this first climb up the summit where you're running in the ash where it's a 3k or 4k run where it basically takes you more than two hours to go up because you keep sliding down and trying to find your steps you I don't know how you could do it without poles because the poles give you essentially a a point of anchor yeah stability but yeah it's um, the, the landscape is amazing but I think the complexity comes from the combination of weather that is hot and humid all day long, um, the altitude where you go from zero to almost 4,000 meters. And it can get pretty at, cold at the summit. At as the well. summit, it's typically about between one, two, three degrees. Yeah, yeah. so you've got big differences in temperature. And then the technique, uh, the terrain is so technical. Yeah. Like no switch back like you would find in Europe or in North America, where it's basically straight up, straight down on big rocks. And it's actually scary in some yeah. places, yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, w- w- yeah. Well, in fact, like, let's just jump straight into like the Rinjani then. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it seemed. So, was that the one that, like, after finishing that top ten, did that kind of capture you? Were you like, um, so that would have been? Was that 2015 or so? But was that? 
Because the, the race has kind of both been your sort of like, uh, it's been your nemesis, but also just been your, yeah. it seems to, yeah. you're sitting there wearing Rinchani 100 uh, shirt now, because yeah. th- th- was it the following year, or it might have been 2016, that they did the 100k for the Correct. first time, right? Yeah. There was only one finisher, it was the right. Dutch guy, wasn't it? Uh, I, think, I think it was Dan- from Denmark, yeah. From Denmark, yeah. sorry, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and uh, so did you did you race it every year from like the 20? no i uh, i took a, a break from Ringenia at that point i thought this 100k was too far too well, far wasn't, they didn't have, they had like no one finished it for yeah. the first year or so yeah right? i think so yeah. yeah yeah i think they had no finisher or one finisher and then and one three. finisher and then four yeah. and yeah. then uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and so then then the year after was the one that we um the the year i met you which was 2018 yes. so you were like what 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 um, like gave you the sort of confidence to sign up for the hundred? Like in that time frame, like were there any specific races that you felt actually like, yeah, yeah. I can go back and do the hundred? Yeah, I mean in between, I'd, I mean um, in between, I'd done some pretty big races. I'd done especially two big one in Europe. Uh, one is called the uh, Ultra Trail Mercantour Côte d'Azur, which is in back uh, south of France, 140k with 10,000 meter elevation gain. So very steep, going through lots of big mountains uh, again and I finished that one and then I did uh, UTMB in 2017 as well um, and I finished UTMB so I kind of like now I've got a different reference point a few reference points I can go back probably to Rinjani maybe I've got enough experience and um, I know how to train for this but not that time here. Yeah. yeah 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 and and I think like so I said I did the, the 60 that year but it was like just the heat the the um, you know you have to carry a lot of water yes. you have to and and you've had some pretty some like as long as I've known you've had like challenges with diet as well and just mm. being able to get the right nutrition mm. and like and obviously yep. stuff yep. something yep. heat yep. um, what did you like after that DNF that year yep. I mean I, I always think that like success is a lousy teacher. Yes. And so doing really well in races, you don't really learn much from it, and yes. you don't. And so actually having those yeah. failures is like probably the best way to improve. Yeah, so what, what yeah, were the absolutely. big takeaways? You know, and how did you deal with it? What did you do immediately yeah. after? To so so there was a, another race like this where back in 2015 I did the Vibram 100K in Hong Kong. Um, yeah. That was basically my second 100K. Yeah. And um, I had some pretty tough work uh, days ahead of, before the, the the actual race where I worked pretty much all night and then like even three or four hours before the race I was and still working consulting yeah. for Accenture yeah. and when you say hard work yeah. like you guys fucking graft it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you do pull all nighters it's like yeah, yeah. so I had a and so, so so basically I went into that race very fit I think but my mind was very weak and tired from all the work and uh, when the night came in at 60k I wasn't feeling great and I, I pulled out I, I there was I remember the vision of we went uh, at the checkpoint with the lights and there was this forest that we need to go through and my mind was like there's no way I can can get you through that for that thing if I had plenty of time to make the cutoff I could have finished quite comfortably but mentally I couldn't do it and so I went back and kind of studied about what you need to do to rest your mind and I ended up actually uh, reading some blogs from uh, Scotty Oker who's my coach now about this and we had a discussion about how you could potentially help me about how do you train the mind uh, for for this kind of event so and I went back the following year and I was like there was absolutely no way I was going to to, to miss the cutoff or I was going to not finish and I was very determined and I trained the mind for it and it was more about I hadn't finished the previous year I really want to finish that race yeah so and, and so, so the 
um, the Vibram 100, incredible race. Like it's on the, it's on the world, uh, the world tour. Like um, yeah. yeah, the um, race director is incredible. And but the first 50k is quite flat, and then like the last yes. 50k is you go up all the way up yes. to time of show, right? right? Yeah. Um, what um, what was it that Scotty taught you from a, like a mental perspective that you were able to adopt for the for the next year? Well, I think one of the th- I mean, there's probably a few things. Maybe I won't uh, do justice to uh, all the stuff that he's taught me, but uh, I think one was about disconnecting, um, disconnecting previous pre- uh, previous to a race. So. I mean, not spend too much time online, like trying to get to think about visualizing the race, different position in the race, how would you react, having uh, what if scenarios in case something goes wrong, so you don't get like by default, I pull out, but more about how do I react in, in these conditions and basically having kind of a rule that I would only pull out if my leg's broken, for example, or something like that. So, yeah. um, but I think just the simple thing about m- resting the mind uh, a week before the race, having a good sleep, which are kind of like the basics. Yeah. And then I now, before the big, big races, I stop work two days before the race, just to have not my mind kind of contaminated by stress that would be coming from the outside. Yeah, yeah. 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 Interesting. And so, do you, any other like do you do meditation or anything other around it, or I, is it I just do, less yeah. devices, no working, ensure you get good sleep? And yeah, a bit of meditation. I mean, as much as I I can do um, meditation and being focused on the on the present, um, not trying to think too much about. Well, yeah, there's a visualization exercise, but not trying to think too much about the race, what's coming, the stress that will come from all of the preparation, have you forgotten anything? So just trying to go back to now and that goes right into the race, right? This being focused on the present and that was, I mean, we can talk a little bit more if you want about what happened in my head during that race, the Rinjani that I did last week, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah well, I mean, we're going to, just, just in terms of the visualization, would you yeah. would you be visualizing like the finish line? Would you be visualizing specific, because obviously you'd run half the race and, yeah. you'd not, and you'd probably run the whole course in training yeah. as well, I'm yeah, sure yeah, you went up to yeah, Hong Kong. Yeah. So what, what were the kind of visualization pieces? Like uh, I've heard like Jerry Chua talked about before, is like have like the finish line in a bubble, like and just have it oh, up yeah. floating next to you and just like, think about yourself crossing the finish line but like it's always not it's not tactile but like it's just sitting beside you and it's just that thought of like it's it's there but you're like uh and just visualize that actual finish line piece but what were the visualizations so when i do visualization i try to run the entire race uh, in my head and um i mean i i know for example for rinjani or for vibram because i've done some of it i know I picture the landscape, I picture what I'm going to wear, what I'm going to drink, what I'm going to basically eat, um, what state of mind I want to get to when I get to a certain checkpoint, how I need to pace the specific hills. And I kind of go through this motion like checkpoint by checkpoint yeah. over a period of an hour, for example. I close my eyes and I go in a bath or I go on the bed and try to do it. Yeah. Wow, wow, yeah. that's um, that's incredible. So um, the... The last time you, you ran Rinjani was 2018. Like, so it sounds like you had a few def- DNFs in your time with with um, yeah. the uh, the Vibram 100K in yes. Hong Kong, and then Rinjani. Were they the, the two main DNFs that you've that you've had? Like, uh, yeah. um, and and because of like, there's been no way to go back and race since. I, I yeah. forget what like 2019. They had the earthquake there, right? Yes. So you yes. weren't able to do it then, and in 2020, yeah. obviously the pandemic. Yeah. So it's just. 
how much is it have you been thinking about it since that 2018 well, actually I, I didn't plan to do it after 2018 in my mind it was an unfinished business but i wasn't full straight away i needed okay. to do something else and switch to different races so that's when i went back to europe to do the monterosa one yeah. um and i've I was looking at different races in Europe, but I ended up on Monterosa, and so I did Monterosa in 2019. The race was stopped because of a snowstorm in the second half, so we could only run. And then I decided that we'll go back in 2020, but COVID was there, so I ended up going back in 2021 to finish it. Um, but this one was like external conditions. There's nothing I could do, yeah. but I wanted to finish it, so I went back and finished okay. that, that race. And then when this was done. Then it went back. Your and mind then, went back to Rajani, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this this year they brought in a, a few other distances, right? So yes. the hundred kilometer. I think the first year no one finished it. I think one for, uh, the Danish guy finished it, and then I think there was three or four yes. finished it the year that we did it, right? Yeah, was I think they were a little bit more. Actually, that year. The, it's oh, the so year three or four, and then the year we did it, yeah. there was like a, there was yeah. a, there was a few more, yes. and so. Uh, Hendra decided for this latest one is like going to put in a, a few more distances, right? So, um, what were the distances that they put in for this year? Because there was a, there was a miler one this year. Yeah, as well, so they it? added 162k. Yeah. Um, with what a, was the elevation? With a fifth, so fifth, almost 14 or 15,000 meter elevation uh, over 60, 162 kilometers with a cutoff of 50 hours. Yeah. Which I thought you'd signed up for that one originally, hadn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. And then I did my own calculation, and I thought this is going to be too hard to make the cutoff yeah and it's going to be my last race in asia i'm going back to finish Whilst the living here, yeah, you're going to be up yeah, racing yeah, still, yeah, I'm sure, absolutely but, yeah. but i wanted to finish that race so yeah. I, the 162k there was a high chance that i could finish it but not make the cutoff and that would have been not the right did thing. anyone end up finishing it so three people four people finished it three within the cutoff which okay uh, fantastic results yeah and who so who were they sorry i didn't i i, I uh, yeah I so i i'll have i'll have to check yeah but i think it was uh but were they indonesians uh, or so yeah indonesian indians yeah. uh yeah Okay, yeah. amazing. All, all male, or was there any female finishers? No, all, all, male. all male. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you made the wise decision to do the 117. And given 119, that, yeah. It was 190, okay. Yeah. And those two kilometers make a big difference <laughs> when you're doing the kind of elevation that's on this yeah. course. Yeah. Um, and uh, so going so going back after, what was the fear, feeling going into it? I mean, you've been, and we'll get into the kind of training block, but you've been yeah. in like a two and a half year training block for yeah. this as well, right? But um, yeah, what was the feeling going going back out there? Was there certain nervousness or was that, yeah. do you feel the visualization that you'd been going yeah. through? Because you'd the, the, the course had changed. So it started from the coastline this time. Correct. You, you've already been and wrecked the full course, yes. right? Yeah. So you, you were yeah. able to visualize the entire, um, the entire course. Pretty much. Yeah, there was, I think, two or three sections that I didn't know, but the rest, the rest I was familiar with. So I think it was a great help to be mentally prepared for what this requires it's like four or five hour climb in like ash with like hot weather big rocks but what scares me the most was the descent I'm not a, a great descender I've, I think I mean I can train for the uphill in Singapore and I've done a few training blocks where I think my training my uphill was good but the descent I'm not too comfortable there's not really a place here to train for it and um, and they are very technical descent um, where you basically need to old grass where you basically need to old trees and you're still sleeping because it was rainy and so on so when I came here it was about how do I overcome the fear uh, with the descents and just basically 
accepting that I'm going to be slow, that I'm going to take my time and I'm going to prioritize my safety in the descent over speed. Um, and I kind of, and I was okay for people to pass me and I would let people go as soon as people come back so I could go at my own pace in the descent yeah. and I could make time on the flat running and, and up. Yeah? And then on the, on, on on the, the climbs, yeah. yeah. And yeah. there's plenty to speak of. So how did the race go? Well, it was um, it was fantastic, right? Um, I think it was above my expectations in terms of how I was able to handle it. Um, I was so focused. There was never a moment where I was, oh, there's a, another 50K, I'm not going to be able to make it. I was really focused on, on, on the moment. And um, therefore, there was a sentence that we worked out with, uh, with Scotty, my coach, was, chipping away at the appeal and it was basically trying to break it down not focusing on something that could be 10k appeal climb it was just about the next steps and really refocusing on every steps um, so that you forget about what happened in the past and how much there was left it was really about enjoying it and the scenery we were lucky with the weather as well it rained at the end and it rained before the race but it didn't rain during the race and it was pretty well um, good sky, blue sky, so you had magnificent view. I really enjoyed the views and discovered so many different places that I didn't know. Like um, the highlight, I mean, obviously the going to the summit, but um, some of these savannas where you're running, you're going down in this like very tall grass, all green, and you've got all the mountains around, and you look at them and you know you're going to go up and at some point, but you enjoy running in through the savanna. That was. I thought that was brilliant. I um, I really enjoyed the companies as well, running with um, uh, some an Indonesian guy um, as well as a, uh, one th a guy from Thailand, and we basically played a little bit of yo-yo during the race, but we helped each other um, finding the way, uh, making sure people were drinking properly, and so on. It was really a spirit of camaraderie that I really enjoyed because yeah, and you need this on these long races, yeah. Um, so in the end I ended up finishing and I finished in 38 hours, the cutoff was 40 hours so it was comfortable enough, I knew I was going to make it from the summit pretty much um, and um, I never had really a doubt that I was going to to drop out drop out of the race yeah, yeah. as a bit of dehydration at 55k <coughs> the, the my fellow indonesian helped me kind of saying you just finish all your water now and you'll basically figure it out later on uh, and take as much salt as you can and kind of i lost a little bit the plot on that one at some point it kind of made me become wise again yeah and then after that it was um focused on each step after each step and and getting to the finish yeah because you were actually in, I think up to like 90k, you were like in, I mean, you've been yo-yoing between yeah. the three of you, but you yeah. were in first position for, uh, for okay. quite a lot of it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, not not so long, but uh, the the uphill section is, yeah. um, I mean, it's a section that I really enjoyed. Um, yeah. I, I like these long technical and long climbs. climbs, right? Yes. Because you're going from sea level up to the 3,700 yeah. meter elevation on parts of yeah, it, right? Yeah, so you're, yeah. they're just long, long climbs. Yeah, yeah. So you, I'm sure yeah. that, uh, yeah, you, you love the climbing parts. Yeah. You were just able to like, yeah, dominate yeah. there. And so, yeah, one of the volunteers gave me a challenge. He said, you're third now, go and get the other two. We've seen you running on that bit, which was like a small section before they get there. And uh, they said, go and get them. I said, okay, challenge accepted. And I ended up catching the first two imagine to go back to um, to lead when we were going at the at the bottom of the of Rinjani uh, and after that I had a bit of 
hallucinations, I would say, and I started, like, I, I needed to rest. I needed to lie down for a good 10, 15 minutes uh, at the point where I saw people on the street, like we were running on a trail, like completely in the middle of the mountain. And I saw people everywhere that were like trying to sell me stuff and, and so on. And so it was like proper hallucination. I had to touch the markers on the road to make sure that I was taking the right way. And I wanted to make sure they were not hallucinations or the markers <laughs> that I was seeing. So at that point I thought, okay, I probably need, just need so to take a, a break. that was sleep deprivation as well. That was sleep deprivation yeah. because... Um, you start in the night, right? Yeah, we start at 11.30 p.m. on the Friday and that was like uh, 6 a.m. on the Sunday morning yeah and no sleep and actually i mean you wake up early uh, i woke up at 8 a.m on the friday and i only slept maybe an hour during the day so you'd been up for almost two two and a half day at that point yeah yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm so proud of you. Like it's uh, just to, to podium that race after it having been your like complete yeah. nemesis. nemesis. And <laughs> it really is such a like incredibly tough race. It's such a yeah. hard, like, but beautiful as well. I mean, Absolutely I think like uh, it's probably if, if people come into like wanting like to race around Asia, it's one of the ones which I would say you've got to go and see it. You've got to go and try it out. I'd say the same thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what's you've been? I've like you've been really in, inspiring to me, and just like I've I've. Um, supported on you are quite a few of your sort of um, yes. vir- there's been a lot of virtual you, races yeah. around yeah. around Singapore yeah. Yeah. so I think you've done the there was the two was it the 200 like a lot of Ben Swedes races yes, like his yes, virtual yes, races yes, there yes. was like a 200 kilometer yeah. um, and then you're like 80 the lucky 88 uh, yeah. point. but what one thing that has like impressed me so much with you is the, the your consistency and uh, and so you around two almost two and a half years ago decided that you were gonna start running every single day like yeah. what what instigated that and what uh yeah there was a, a 31st of december 2019 i was in new zealand and uh, i was just going for a run and i got out after we were at the beach house of my uh, parents-in-law and um got out of the house and it was a sunny day you had the sea in front and i was like i really enjoyed the first 2k and i'm like if you enjoy running so much, why are you not running every day? And it's like, I'm kind of started in my mind, maybe I should just try a little challenge. For the month of January, I will just run and try to run every day. <laughs> running more than a month will be too difficult because there's all the challenges with family, with scheduling, with work, you get injured um, or the weather is not good. I mean, whatever it is. And I thought, let's just try to do it for a month. And the first month was challenging, just in terms of scheduling and mentally forcing myself to go there. So, for example, the, like when I came back from from New Zealand to Singapore, I took I woke up at like four, three or four a.m. at the flight, landed in Singapore at six, put my luggage, and then I have to go running. And like I felt like I was I didn't want to go running, but I kind of forced myself. And I think when you get your brain to think in terms of there's no other option. You're going to go running today. The brain kind of gets into a mode where it's submissive and it will basically do it. Yeah. And it will basically not fight it anymore. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's almost like saying the, the fundamentals of like, you have to sleep, you have to eat, you have yeah. to like, the, you know, you have to get dressed in the morning, you have to brush your teeth. Like it, yes. if you make it as a, something that's like a non-negotiable that you have to that's do, right. you find a way to, to, yeah. to bring, to, to put yeah. it in. Um, and so you got through the first month yeah. and then it just started getting easier? It, I mean, there was some, I've, I've kind of kept a bit of a log of the difficult one just to kind of remind myself that 
it's um, it was a challenge that I got, gave myself, and it's not just uh, an easy road to run every day. But uh, I think after the first six months, it became a lot easier in the sense that I mentioned earlier is my brain knows that I'm going to go running every day so there's no way around trying to procrastinate or find excuses for it I will go running and so now it's just as you said it's part of the routine and and now also it's the thinking is I'm so far down the track that if I wanted to restart it will take me two and a half years to kind of get back to where I am so I better not break it yeah yeah and I think one of the big things that makes it possible as well, you talked about when you first got into running and it was all about speed, you know, you had yeah. to run fast. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the biggest sort of um, realizations that people have when they sort of properly get into running is that actually you should be doing 80% of your running, potentially right. more, yeah. at just like a low pace, at yeah. just low heart yeah. rate yeah. and low, yeah. low intensity. Yeah. And, and really, when you do that, you can, you can run every day. I mean, I saw a report yeah. recently, I, I forget what the article was published, but... Um, saying how like actually marathon running or if you're like running every day can actually take years off your life mm. but i think the big thing about it is that if you're running at low intensity absolutely it's going to be great for you and absolutely. but but there is the question is that you know you should have rest days yeah. and so obviously if you're running if you've had this sort of this uh this quest to run every single day like yeah. how do you think about that sort of rest and recuperation yeah. especially after running a race like rinjani and knocking at 117 kilometers with 11,000 yeah. meter elevation yeah, yeah. uh yeah i mean the rest day i mean at the moment the kind of plan that i have is i do um, shorter runs on monday and fridays so monday friday would be between five to eight k runs and sometimes when I put a big block, this would increase as well. But most of the year, it's between 5 to 8K. And, and actually, the impact to the body after running so long is, is very minimal. Like if I take, if I do a 5K, let's say even if I go very slow and I do 30 minutes, it's 30 minutes out of 24 hours. And the next day, I might actually run only in the evening. So I may have a 36-hour window where I've only spent 30 minutes making... Uh, a run so it, it is not impactful and I now I've got a different vision on rest days and what they mean yeah 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 and you had um I'm not sure if you followed I forget her name it's just sprung to my mind but the uh, mm-hmm. the American athlete who's um who's uh, got um, missing uh, one of her limbs on her leg and she's got um mm-hmm. yeah like a, a metal sort of like spring almost that yeah. she runs on yeah. and she did 105 marathons consecutively and um I have to like put a link to it in the show yeah. notes, but I've been yeah. following her yeah. a little yeah. bit. And actually, just once you just get in the consistency of it, right. like and just do it every day, then it's uh, your body's just used to it, right? And it yes. almost, uh, yeah, I think it would like uh, it would, yeah, it would probably be weird for your body if you didn't do it. But yeah. but so two and a half years, and what I found amazing, like when you ran ran Rinjani, what days of were they of your um, of your yes. what uh, numbers were they? So um, that was a, a funny one because I kind of calculated the days and I knew that uh, if I'd finished on the Sunday, it would be a run 8-8-8. And so a lucky day, I thought well, there may be a sign that I might be onto something and actually have a chance to finish it when I was looking at the day. So, so yeah, that, uh, that was a special day. Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. And it's almost like your last big race while living in Asia yeah. and you're, you finish on the 88, uh, 888 consecutive run yes I like it, it's amazing so I actually you inspired me and I did it this year like I said yeah. I was just going to run every day for the first three yeah, months of yeah, the year yeah, yeah, and yeah. I knew that actually at that after that I was like 
going to Vegas with a group of mates. So I wasn't, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to be able to. But it also just, um, yeah, I think it's definitely something that, that, I, yeah. will, um, that I will pick up at some point. Yeah. One other big thing that I've seen the change in you over the last few years is around diet. Yeah. It, it's one of the big problems that you had in Ranjani is with the heat and humidity yes. that you have in Asia, it, you always used to have uh, gastric issues. Yeah, I mean, especially in the heat. I mean, in Europe, like, uh, or in the US, if I do a mission or I go for a race, I never have problems with, uh, with this, but in the heat, somehow it does. Um, and I mean, talking about diet, I, and it's not related necessarily to the gastric thing. It was more kind of a test actually for Rinjani. Right. Um, I, uh, I decided to go vegan um, back in 2019 as well. That was actually just before the strike. Yeah. Um, and I decided to switch one day. And I was to, I came also to the fact that I was going vegetarian three weeks before each race. And I was like thinking, if you're going three weeks before a race, that means you're trying to do something good for your health. Uh, maybe you should do it all the time. Why just before a race? So I kind of like decided that I was going to do it, but I was going to give myself six months for a future race to see how, what the impact would be on the body for performance, recovery, and so on. And uh, I mean, COVID came, so no races actually happened during that time. So I ended up continuing to be a vegan. Um, and I mean, the, the reasons why I'm doing it now, I've switched from performance to more kind of like the impact on, on the planet. I feel that I'm making a positive impact and it's something that is important to me. Um, but the impact that going vegan has done is on my recovery. I mean, one of the reasons I can keep going with the strike is my recovery time has accelerated massively and yeah. so it doesn't make me run faster or or longer but it does help with my recoveries for sure yeah yeah and within that what kind of what does like a, a like a daily sort of in intake of food look like is it lots of salads or just like yeah. what what do you kind of eat as part of a? yeah i mean lots of fruits in the morning yeah. uh, and then yes yeah, salads um grains um lots of tofu tempeh um, and then um, I think it's a typical meal that everyone would have but just yeah. with vegetables and no meat yeah, yeah. Um, I had a bit of a trials and errors at trials and errors when I started because after three months I felt that when I was going uphill I had like absolutely no juice in the leg I couldn't go up no the legs felt very very tired and I kind of realized by myself that I was lacking protein I wasn't taking enough protein and see this is when I started to eat more tofu more like edamame and chickpeas and all of this uh, stuff plus some supplement of protein when I was putting big blocks and I kind of helped me to go over this hoop of having no power in the legs yeah 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 I mean like physically you've not like lost you know you've not lost no. any weight as your weight remains sort of um, I don't really measure but I think he hasn't changed much yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's interesting. I, I remember at the time <coughs> I was chatting about, I was like, I'd been deep in uh, doing like a low low carb, yeah. high fat diet, and yeah. I was trying to like push that on you, and you went down that. And, <laughs> and I think like, but I think either way, whatever sort of diet you take on is like, if if you start thinking about it, yeah, then like, so I, I'm a big proponent of the 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 uh, low carb, high fat diet, but you just yeah. end up thinking about what you put into your body anymore so you just cut out all the crap yes i, I think which is the, the like the yeah, most critical thing right it's true yeah um yeah. but yeah no it's been um it's been impressive seeing how that uh yeah that seems to have been one of like that's 
you know changed your um yeah your ability yeah. to just do, run every single every single yeah, day yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so mate you um you've got to go to the airport soon as well <laughs> so we're gonna have to wrap up soon sure. but um you're you're moving to new zealand you're flying to new zealand tonight yeah. the family yeah. are sort of already down there yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah we're gonna miss you man but um I'll but yeah, I, I, all, yeah i'm sure you're like a yeah, you you still run the region for Accenture for their yeah. cloud business. You'll yeah. be flying up here a lot. I'm sure we'll still see yes. you around. But um, what you're moving to one of the most amazing outdoor places in the world. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you know, like I love my adventure racing. You've got coast to coast there. You've got, uh, you know, what what are you going to get in the diary? What are you thinking about? Any? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, as you said, I feel very lucky and grateful to have the chance to be moving there for all the outdoor and the discovery that I'm going to make. Uh, the first part when I land will be obviously to find a few of the places and trying to maybe to get a few missions um, in place. But I've got a road marathon just planned because it's going to be cold weather when I it would be winter. So I'm just going to try to get that off the way to get a sub three marathon done so that I can go back and focus on the trail. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the other things that I want to achieve. And then I'll, I'll you've done like a 302 or something before yes. I remember, right? Yeah, correct. 302 with um, starting with a 310 pacer and so i mean yeah. i felt that i had it in my legs at the time but i wasn't necessarily prepared it, and, yeah. and gunning for it so now i think i'll just do a proper training block for it yeah. um and see how it goes yeah so. and um and hawker your um scotty hawker your coach yeah. like in fact what does he think about you running every day does he think it's good does he like um it? i mean i i think uh he it wasn't necessarily the biggest supporter i think at the beginning yeah. of it um now he's incorporated in the plan because he sees it's working yeah but he suggested on a number of occasions that if i felt that that was basically bringing me back or it wasn't helping for a training block that i should take rest yeah yeah um even like for after Rinjani, for example in the training plan was walk and i said to him walk don't count for the strike run i need to run 5k <laughs> and he, so he updated the plan with a strike run and not a strike walk yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um and so he's going to build out a marathon training block Correct. and um, get get the sub three yeah. on you about and then you can get back onto the trails and then uh, i'll probably sign up next uh, next week is star iowa um, yeah. uh, so i'll i'll do that I'll, is that 100 kilometer or miler so they have both no, uh, no. I'm, i need to decide i'm thinking they'll probably go for the 100 miler yeah uh, that's in february next year and and there are a few big races in the South Island, yeah. um, the the Kepler track, as well as the North Burn, uh, that are pretty iconic yeah. New Zealand runs that I probably want to put in the calendar at some point. Yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, coast to coast, um, not next year because it's already sold out. I, I'd like to probably just give it back a try on uh, the the multi-discipline Ironman yeah. and potentially some um, adventure racing and uh, need to pick up kayaking and mountain yeah. biking yeah oh mate I'd love to go and do like yeah. a big expedition yeah. adventure race with you yeah, and God's own one here yeah. now, well, now you're living down yeah. there mate yeah um, yeah that, that um, that's going to be uh, incredible yeah, I mean obviously you've done like a few podiums and stuff it's going to be like a little bit more competitive down Absolutely. in New Zealand there's some fucking yes. beasts down yes. there mate yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. but no it'll be interesting to see how you yeah. uh, fare with the, uh, with the talent yeah. down there and um uh, yeah, excited for you, man. It's going to be. Uh, we'll be we down down to visit you and um, yeah, hopefully, uh, yes. and, and look forward yeah. to seeing you back in yeah. uh, in Singapore yeah. again. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'm like a, It's been I, I've yeah supporting you on a few races and just seeing your you're like it's been inspiring watching your like um, 
just your like the mentality and the the some of these one runs around Singapore. Like what was it, the two hundred kilometer one? The Shiok two hundred k. Yeah, yeah. Which was the most horrible route that Ben <laughs> Sweet just in the like going down the most ugly roads in Singapore. But yeah. uh, and the yeah. the mental fortitude to see that out in I think it was thirty six yeah. hours or something. That so, one. It's thirty one hours. Thirty one. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, uh, But yeah, like it's been uh, it's been Im- I- impressive to follow and to watch, mate. And um, yeah, yeah uh, w- I wish you. Uh, yeah, I think all like Singapore running community wishes you all the best for your uh, thank you. uh, time in uh, New Zealand. Yeah, and thank you, Scott, for everything. I mean, all the crewing that you've done helped me to go through all of these uh, events and races that was super useful. And um, hopefully, you'll be coming to New Zealand, and maybe we get a chance, as you said, to do one of these adventures and one of these uh, big races in New Zealand. Yeah. God's own, mate. Let's, uh, let's get in the diet. Or like, I'll come and join you for Tarawera in, uh, in a, in a hey, future. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. good. Very but, uh, good. Mate, safe travels. Um, yeah, we get get you off to the airport. But um, yeah, nice one, mate. Thanks for thanks for joining us. And uh, thank you for time. everything. Cheers. Nice one. Bye bye. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining 'cause things ain't that bad.